Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Airbnb Nomads podcast. You're with me, Alex, and the main man, Mr. Pooh. And on this week's Property Education Masterclass, we are joined by the one and only Katie Tyler. Now, Katie is a full-time serviced accommodation business owner and investor, and also simultaneously mother to a young and ever-growing family. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing some of the challenges and also maybe some of the advantages in mixing business with family and how Katie has grown her own very successful serviced accommodation business while also being mum to her young family. So stay tuned. I think you're going to find this really inspiring and I'm really looking forward to talking to Katie around this topic. So here we go. We are here this week with Katie Tyler. Katie Tyler is a full-time property investor and a full-time mum, which is pretty cool. And I think she's got some very interesting stories for her. And I actually met Katie recently because I went to view some apartments that Katie was um, not continuing with, and I was going to potentially take them on under a rent-to-service accommodation model. So maybe we can chat a little bit about that. But welcome, Katie, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So we've known each other for about, what, 24 hours? Yeah, 24 <laughs> hours, yeah. <laughs> exact, pretty much exactly, right? We got chatting yeah, last is. night. So as I said in the introduction, I was going to take on um, some of rent, um, Katie's units. So I reached out to Katie last night through Facebook and just wanted to get some of the inside information about, you know, why she was passing up on the units, why she was walking away from them. So it was really good just to get some some honest uh, information from the inside. And through talking to her on the phone, I was really inspired by some of the things that she was saying, just about some of the property strategies that she's been involved in, the fact that she's a full-time mum as well. And just how she's juggling everything, I thought it was quite inspiring. So amazing! I, I yep. wanted to uh, I wanted to welcome Katie onto the podcast. So, so first of all, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, I think we're going to have some juicy stuff um, tonight on the podcast. Um, so, Katie, why don't we start with the basics? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you're from? What's going on in your life today? Mm. Who are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. So obviously, Katie, I am a mother of three ranging from 19 months to nine years old. So two girls wow. and a, a lovely little boy. And um, yeah, I started my property journey, I would say as an accidental landlord. Um, I bought pretty young. I was 22 when I got on the property ladder. Um, uh, just like a, a flat, a brand new build flat. Um, and we obviously stayed there for quite a number of years. And then when we got to a point where we just we felt like we needed more space so naturally we then went and started looking at houses and then um i changed my mortgage over to a buy to let um mortgage and then that was how we started being a landlord in effect and i'd always been interested in property from a really young age really young age i was like when i was younger i was obsessed with um changing rooms and all that these interior programs but that was kind of where the whole property thing started and um Obviously, then that led to things like Homes Under the Hammer and programs like that. So I'd always had this like, urge to want to do that at some point in my life. Um, I've had various career paths, um, went to university, etc. I studied fashion promotion. I've had various careers and things. Had um, I then 
went into floristry and had my own floristry business. I used to do weddings and events. And then once I um, had children, obviously that then changed my mindset and I came out of the floristry game. But it was around that time, it was actually around when I fell pregnant. I was actually on a property course when I found out that I was actually pregnant. Uh, in between the lunch break, I ran out to Boots and went and got a pregnancy oh. test. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. And um, so, yeah. Did so you that finish was, the course, most importantly? <laughs> I finished the course. I did finish the course, but I didn't actually um, – go into property at that time so my little girl's you, nine you probably you did you probably didn't take anything in after that for the rest of the course <laughs> it, was yeah. like, it, was, it, was, it was so bizarre it was really funny because I kind of forgot about that but that was I, I was um I was doing a HMO course at the time and uh, yeah and that was that so um obviously the baby took priority and things um and obviously in that time I was a landlord and just obviously getting to know the business and things and then it was 2016 and my mum had just died. I'd, I'd had, I was pregnant. My mum, I'd had the baby. My mum died a few weeks later. And I don't oh, know man. what it was. It was obviously me, a knee-jerk reaction to things. I then hooked on to a um, accommodation service accommodation course. That was obviously the way I was dealing with things. And I did a, um, a course. It was actually with Progressive. Um, and I did that. And I was like, right, this is it. This is what I want to get into. But obviously, at the time, obviously, grief took its toll and things like that. So I didn't actually do anything with it till about 2018. And so that's when it really started for me. I started to go over notes and started to like research and things. And then I went on a little a course, um, basically just try, like how to find vendors, director vendor and estate agents and things like that. And at the time, there wasn't many of those types of courses that was um, going on. So um that's what I did, mm. and I think in memory, I think I had a little bet with the uh, with the uh, trainers, and I, I kind of said, "Right, I'm going to get one within a month." And I don't think he quite believed me, but I did. I went out, and uh, yeah, I, I I bagged basically the, the property that you went to see at the today, and so it basically started with one flat. I took that on, and um, it kind of uh, it went from there. But sorry, prior to that. I, I'd set up a, a beach hut hire business when I was pregnant and um, I'd bought a bit, two beach huts um, in a, a coastal town and that's how it, it all basically started because obviously I was renting out beach huts, that was a, a, like a kind of passive income as well. Um, I've always had a love for the beach and all things beach related and during that time that I set the business up and was renting the beach huts out, I could see that there was a need for accommodation within the area. And so in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And that's basically how the two kind of uh, interlinked, because I knew I already had an audience there with my beach chart and like my followers and things like that. And all my customers, my return customers. And um, yeah, so I basically bagged my first rent to um, rent to SA and set that up. And then um, it was a townhouse split into three apartments and um there was other tenants in there at the time, which was hard. It was, it was hard trying to set that up and then be dealing with guests and tenants down below and things like that. So I knew mm. in my mindset um, and I'd spoke to the agent at the time and I said, like, if they ever become available, then please let me know because I would eventually like to take a building. And um, that's what I did over a couple of years. One by one, I took the, the three yep. apartments on. So, yeah. 
that's how it started. Brilliant. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to the uh, going back to the beginning, there's obviously quite a lot to unpack. How did you? You said you got on the property ladder at 22. That was when yeah. you bought your first your first place. Yeah. Obviously, pretty young yeah. um, to be getting on the property ladder. So, it was so the best obviously, I ever made really. <laughs> right, right. So, I think things now, you know, are change a little bit, and people aren't necessarily as eager to get on the property ladder early because I think yeah. stuff shifting. People want to potentially rent for a bit longer and kind of have a bit more freedom to kind of move around and try and work out kind of what, what they're doing. So. How did you how did you make that happen at twenty two? Like, how was you in that position to to go out and buy a property? Did you Again, have a high paying job, or how did it? No, well, I was a florist at the time, hmm. um, working over in Canary Wharf, and obviously my my boyfriend he had a full time job, and it was kind of just a they'd built these new um, apartments literally about five ten minutes away from my parents' house, and I was just like, oh, why don't we just go and have a look, kind of thing, and we did. And I kind of, again, you go in there, you see the show home, you're like, oh, wow, this is perfect. And then, yeah, I basically come out and I'd signed my name to it. So obviously being a, a local resident, you kind of got a bit um, like first refusal, kind of like within the area kind of thing. Was this, it, was this in Upminster? Where you... No, no, this was in, um, in Beckton in East Beckton. London. So... Mm. Um, yeah, that's basically you got. I can't remember exactly because obviously it was that that amount of years ago. But you got you got priority first, um, being like a local resident, and that's what we did. So we just put a deposit down, and yeah, it, it was a shared ownership thing. So again, I hadn't really looked into it, but at the time, being young, it was shiny, it was new. I thought yeah. oh, this this will do. Yeah. So um, that's how we got on the property ladder, and um, yeah, it was a it was a stepping stone really. So going in hindsight, going back now, obviously you, I would have probably looked to a, a ball and owned it outright. But at the time, you're young, you're naive, you don't really see these things. But yeah, I've never quite understood that the, the shared ownership. How does that work? Is so that... with it, with the shared ownership at, at that time, you could buy a percentage. I think it was twenty five percent that you could buy. So obviously, you rent half. And or not half, but you 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 own twenty five percent, and then you um, get a mortgage. Sorry, I'm trying to think now about myself. So you get a um, a mortgage. On, yeah, it's so you get a mortgage for the percentage that you own, and then yeah. you basically yeah. rent the rest. Rent the rest. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, yeah, mm. that's basically what you do. Right. Yep. So yeah, but I think you know I think even with the share ownership these days, because the property price is so high, I mean a lot of people are struggling even just to get on onto these you know yeah share yeah. ownership properties. It's yeah yeah, and that that's and the that's thing. why at yeah. the time again you don't realise, but they are obviously they're new builds. They are overpriced as well when when you buy them. But yeah, yeah. at the time mm. you just you're just looking at how lovely it is and. Yep. what you can do with the place and things yep. but yeah that's so they how... tend to inflate they tend to over like you know over inflate ten percent they had to is, is that right yeah yeah mm. they do they do and i do advise i think with me <laughs> a family member just happened to pop in that day and she was like no don't do it don't do it it'll be the worst thing you ever do and me being me i'm like if someone tells me not to do something it you makes gotta me do it to, yeah <laughs> it makes me want to do it even more and um, yeah, and it's funny because I always say to myself, I'm so glad she said, don't do it because that made me do it. And I always say to myself, like, 
that was the best decision I ever made doing it at such mm. a young age because it's been a stepping stone for me to um, yep. to get to where I am today. So I don't mm. always say to people, it's like it's it's a good stepping stone, but if you have got the money or to do it and get a full mortgage, do that. At the time, as I said, like we wasn't looking smooth. I just went in there and was a bit just wow, bowled yeah. over by things. And at that point, we hadn't even looked at mortgages. I could have probably just got a normal mortgage and gone and bought a place outright. But it was just, A, it was like literally five, ten minutes away from my parents. And B, it was all brand new and on the district, like the DLR. Mm. And perfect getting into Canary Wharf for work and things. So it was convenient. Mm. Yeah. I suppose there's there's so many different ways of looking at it, isn't there? Because I think what you did was you obviously you invested in a property, but you didn't let that kind of weigh you down and, and hold you back from going into business. Whereas a lot of people, they'll take on that commitment and then it just becomes that big weight and that big ball and chain. They're in a job that they don't like, but then they've got all these big high mortgage payments are over leveraged. And then it's like, oh, then they're, they're on the hamster wheel. And that's where they kind of spend the rest of their life, mm. right? Yeah, so yeah. so it, it can easily go that way. But obviously yeah, I, you- I knew pretty quickly- once obviously you've signed all the documents and, and done everything and just obviously the month to month living, we found out pretty quickly that we knew that we had to buy as much as we could as soon as possible. And that's pretty much what we did. So I think it was like, I think you had to wait a certain amount of time. I can't remember. It was a year or two years, but as soon as we could buy all of it, we did buy all of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But again, it's things like service charge and all these other little things that, yeah, just adding yeah. on top yeah of course mm-hmm. of course yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i tell you what i've got um i've got some bunch of buy to lets myself um and the houses are great um but the the flat that i bought um in essex um the service charge is just crippling and it goes up and up every single year mm-hmm. and they seems like they, the, the 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 charges go up and the amount of work they do goes down that's exactly it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, what do you guys do for what you charge? You know, there's still communal rubbish overflowing. There's, you know, gates that don't work. I'm like, where's this money going? If we're, if we're all paying that much in the block, huge, huge amounts of money. And uh, yeah. it's just, it's, it's daylight robbery what those guys charge. And it seems in, to be the um, same across the board. Yeah. In, in one of the, the building that we manage in, uh, in walking, so this is massive building where they have to be doing some more cladding work because they found out some issues with that. And what had happened was that, you know, all the owners had to bear that cost, wow. um, equally share the cost. So it's the, the service charge had gone up by 5,000 pounds a year. Wow. You know, so suddenly. Well, for each, yeah. each resident? For each owner. Yes. No way. Um, it's ridiculous. I and mean, everyone just scream. You know, and so the, the a lot of landlords in that um, particular building just try to pass it on to the rent, um, the rental price, but you can't just suddenly jump that far. So a lot of a lot of people are, you know, suddenly they they they're in trouble straight away. Um, and then when try you you try to sell, it doesn't sell that easily because when you're in a block of I don't know three hundred, you know, apartments, you are suddenly depending on. You know, other people's, you, you're pretty much like in a beehive and uh, your pricing is always affected by other, you know, it's pretty much the same price as everyone else. And if it's all down, you, you're you down as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, this that the whole misconception in this country about, you know, greedy landlords and, you know, they've got all this money and, you know, 
it's like no it's not like that you know it's 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 a hard game there's you know we get squeezed more and more and more every day um and you know one boiler goes down it can it can wipe out your profits yeah. you know for the year, Whole year. <laughs> um and then we've got all the other risks associated now with you know with 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 tenants it's um and the, you know the the thing the bugbear of mine is that people you know greedy landlords and this and that and it's like you know and then the government squeeze us so we get out the business but that you know to to and then and then obviously yeah okay that that housing then comes back into the into the stock but that doesn't mean that people all of a sudden are going to afford to be able to buy those properties that we don't own you know it it, it doesn't make any sense it's it's people can't afford to buy homes that's the mm. problem you yeah. know it's not that there's too many private landlords we're we're providing homes right it's um it's all upside down and inside out, in my opinion, yeah. which is, um, you know, something that we help landlords with, with our, with our business model, right? The, um, the rent to SA model. So Katie, is this, is this now what you're in kind of full time? The service accommodation, you've been through a few different strategies. Yeah. You looked at HMOs, you've done some flips. Is that right? Um, yeah, I've done, I've done, yeah, I've done one flip. Um, but I, again, I've, I've, I've tried it and in recent mm. months I've started to think maybe I want to try it again, maybe next year and yeah, just diversify a bit. So mm. obviously service accommodation is what I've been doing predominantly for the past four years, along mm. with obviously running the beach hut business and, um, being the landlord, I self-manage all of my properties as well. So everyone always says to me, oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? And obviously having three young children as well and I don't have any help. Obviously I lost my mum as well and my dad's older and it doesn't live near me either. So I do it all on my own. And I, I think it's almost been the mo like the momentum of building, building everything, building it, building it for the children and things. But literally the last few months, I'm not going to lie, I kind of have had a bit of a burnout where I kind of like obviously the – season's over like the summer season's over and it, i think this year has been really hard like in comparison to mm. other like guests expectations and and things like that and it's almost like because of obviously the cost of living it almost feels like some of the um guests have almost had like an entitlement kind of thing um there's only one or two a few more than normal basically this year but it kind of it does leave you a little bit drained and obviously service accommodation Ultimately, I see it as a, it's hospitality because it yeah. if you're self-managing, obviously you've got to be everything. And um, like, luckily, I am quite a people person, and I do in, I do enjoy the interaction with the guests and things. So, um, but yeah, as in once the season kind of ended for me because it being a coastal, I did kind of like take a step back and almost felt a little bit burnt out. In all honesty, what with everything that's going on with interest rates and things, and um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm I'm a little bit pleased. It's quiet down a little bit at the moment, so I'll be mm. honest. <laughs> mm. So, Katie, is your market more um, gearing towards the the leisure market? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's mm. we are predominantly the leisure market, being yep. that it's coastal and things. But we do in the winter months have contractors, um, and then we occasionally get like the insurance jobs coming from yep. other mm. areas and things. So that's generally that what normally gets us through the winter months. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Because, so de mm. yeah, Sorry, because de de dealing with um, the leisure market, as you said, that, you know, is the sense of entitlement that um, like when they pay the money, they expect the world. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, we when we get that we get that a lot. Even you know because we primarily for, um, focus on the contractor markets and the corporate markets, yeah, and relocations. And but you can't stop like we can't stop the leisure market to come through. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and every time when we have people outside our clients' avatar, yeah. that's when we get problems all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's um, yeah, it's contractor it, bookings are just the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just beers and pizzas. Yeah, that's you know. exactly it. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and they're not in the not in the apartment all day or the properties all day, leaving the uh, the get the exactly. um, the heating on for like I think yeah. I had one the other day. It was. 21 hours they left the heating on for so the yeah that was that was lovely yeah, <laughs> yeah i i don't understand that you know the, like the way people um treat the property let's say for example if they go away for you know for weekends um they wouldn't leave the heating on all day in their house i mean why would you do that at somewhere you know at other property and leave the window open wide open why did you leave the lights on why did you you know just i don't know it just um, but, and- that, but 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 don't you think that we're all a bit hypocritical? I, I completely get what you're saying, and it, it's freaking annoying when you go to the property and every lights on, the doors or windows are open, and the mm. heating's on. But when we go to a hotel, <laughs> right? We when we go, we, we, you know, when you go on holiday, you're like get an extra card so we can leave the card in the key slot and leave the AC <laughs> on all the time, right? When we go out, so we all uh, do it, and we're in the, we're in the shit like with the shower gel, like. Dumping it on our heads because <laughs> you know because yeah. it squeeze the last bit out. <laughs> yeah, See, it's funny. It's funny. Still, all the miniatures I've, on the way out. Since I've been doing what I've been doing, I've become more conscious. So that when we are on holiday, I don't do that anymore. Whereas my husband yeah, wants yeah. to do that, I'm like, no, no we, we can't yeah. do that. Or mm-hmm. like reuse the towels, or you know, you yeah. have the little cards and things like that. And I am more conscious. It has made me more conscious when I do go on holiday. But I do, I do get it. But ultimately, I do think. They can see that we're just a little like we are a small business. We're not a multinational chain business. You still have you still have thirty minute showers in the hotel. <laughs> extra hot, <laughs> extra hot. Come on, you know it. Yeah, we. Yeah, we. Katie, I'm going to ask you um, a magic questions. So, would yeah. you when if you do go away on a holiday, you know something like that? Yeah. Would you stay in Airbnbs by any chance? Yep. Yep. I do. Okay, yeah. Yep. So again, that's how when I first started, that's exactly what I did. That was the first thing I did. I've never really used Airbnb before. And straight away, that was the first thing I did. I went online, booked my first Airbnb. It was in, where was it? Albra. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to Albra. And again, that's a coastal town. And um, yeah, we went there. And yeah, I just wanted to know how it worked because I'd never used it. I didn't understand it. And it, oh my god, <laughs> this is like probably again. Like it's it's funny now, but at the time, so one of my, my second my, my daughter, my second child, she was probably I don't know eighteen months at the time, and this house was not child friendly in the slightest. Although they said it was child friendly, it wasn't. And um, they had it was a beautiful house, really lovely, literally minutes from the beach. But they had like a. Um, I don't know, say like a Fortnum and Mason basket on the floor and they balanced this big glass lamp on top of it, which I find really strange. And and it would look lovely, it did, but it just wasn't practical. And I spent the whole weekend, watch this, watch that. Oh, it, it made me anxious. You could just like, drop and break yeah, and you the, can the hurt somebody. Was, yeah, I kind of yeah. overcluttered. And literally yes. the night before we left, she tripped on the rug. What did she oh, do? Gosh. Literally, obviously, 
tip it over. But, yeah, she tipped it over. Obviously, unintentionally, but it smashed. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Da, 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 da. And then, obviously, I notified the owner that yeah. that's what has happened and blah, blah, blah. But obviously, she could have yeah. she could have cut herself on it. it but, was, um, yeah, I was going to say. The it, owner it was... wasn't... Um, oh, she. I ended up calling her in the end and we were speaking about it. And, and I said, oh, like, just let me know how much it is. Oh, because again, I didn't understand the process. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll pay you for it. And, and it, oh, I'll, I'll never forget. Cause oh, oh, I'm not sure you can afford it like that. And that oh, got wow. my back up straight away. And I was just like, and I was like, straight away, I didn't say nothing. But I thought, how dare she say that? How does she know what I can and can't afford? And I went straight online <laughs> to see how much that she paid for it and things like that. And she was like, oh, it cost £500, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I went online. I was like, actually, I think it cost you 295 But I didn't say mm. that. But yeah. it was just... She, she was, probably knew you as an Essex girl. She's like, yeah, yeah she exactly. Because, because <laughs> no, but I, I think it, it is what... It, obviously, I am. I'm East London. I'm from Essex. I live in Essex now. So obviously, I do sound a certain way. And that is exactly what I, I I thought and it really got my back up and I yeah, they are quite I, posh in Old Bridge they are well. they are obviously <laughs> east next to Southwold if people don't know yeah. obviously Southwold is the, yeah. is the posh part that Albrough is like the, 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 it's still just as nice but yeah. it's not as like it's just not just, quite as nice is it yeah yeah it's a little just bit this. less snobby I think and that's why I like I, I do like going there and it's pretty typical that, to where I am. Wicked fish and chip shop there. Have you been to that fish <laughs> yeah, and chip shop best, in the corner? Best fish and chips. I'm not Is particularly right? a fish and, fish and chip person, yes. but it does wow. have the best fish and chip. But so that was my first lesson in how Airbnbs run and things like that and that was the first thing I was just like that is you never talk to guests like that. If they break anything like that, you don't ever just assume like these what these guests are and that was like the first lesson because it really to this day it still irritates me that she just assumed because obviously the way I speak that I can't afford a 500 pound lamp she'd never met me she didn't and I just thought a you don't put things like that in service accommodation units because obviously that it wouldn't have just been a child an adult could have quite easily tripped and smashed and they could have seriously hurt themselves so that's one lesson with like airbnbs and things like that don't put in anything in there that you can't afford to replace mm. um and just don't over clutter them with personal belongings and things like that. So, um, yeah. I suppose that happens quite a lot when, when it's somebody's home, you know, if they're renting a room in their home or if it's a place that they used to live in that they've, you know, moved out of and they've still got a lot of personal stuff in there and they don't really realize that it's now no longer their home. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a business and you know, you've got to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you're right. I mean, if you have, expensive vases and stuff like that and you and you have a two or three night booking and they knock that vase over you could be you know you could end up being in the red you know not making anything yeah. so you don't want to go too overboard so that was your so that was your your kind of your pivotal moment where you thought right this is this is for me so the drive was really to just go out and create a really nice product really good customer service, basically do everything that that person, you yeah. know, didn't, didn't. do. Um, <laughs> Needless to say, I, I never stayed at a property uh, ever again. <laughs> yeah. And how, how, what did you review her in the end or what was there? What did I, you give I her? can't remember. I don't know whether I did or not. I probably not because she got my back up so much by talking yeah. to me like that. So I don't know, but I probably didn't to be fair. So, mm. but again, it's her loss, like, because obviously I, I would have come back year on year, but yeah. after that I wouldn't. So yeah, it's always, 
treat your guests with respect kind of thing. Well, so. you're obviously you're obviously doing that because I had a little like you was Facebook stalking me that you admitted to uh, last night. I was uh, Airbnb stalking you, and uh, yeah, you're you're a super host. You've got I think four point eight uh, over forty odd fifty reviews or something. So you're obviously doing a, a pretty amazing job. Um, what what's the you know, the, the only thing that I don't really, I mean, obviously I love the business. This is what we do. Um, but the only thing I don't like about it is, you know, you, you're just so at the mercy of, 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 of tenants, obviously uh, of guests. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, you can go out of your way to do everything to the best of your ability, bend over backwards. And you just need that one guest the way it's just not good enough. Yeah. Um, that could potentially, you know, give you a really bad review and can really affect your overall rating. So what, what's, what's the kind of hardest thing that you found? I've been in the business for quite a few years now. What's the biggest challenge with, with, with guests and how do you, how do you help to kind of massage that situation? Because I always think if, and we was talking about this the other day on one of our videos, if you can get properties that are close to you and you can always do your best to do a meet and greet, that way, once you've got, got that face-to-face time, even if the hot water goes down or the Wi-Fi goes out, if you've had that face-to-face relationship at the beginning, there's less chance of them being hard work, you know, because you've got that relationship. So I think that's a really good way to, rather than just being kind of on the phone or messaging through the, the OTAs. So mm-hmm. w- w- what's been the biggest challenge for you in that in that respect? Well, for me, obviously, I live like an hour and a half away really from my property so that's not viable for me um but I've always just relied on obviously self-checking but for me I always say to my, my cleaning staff and team that I've almost got six cents because I can always tell when the guests are going to be hard work troublesome troublesome yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I've got other words but I won't call them that but <laughs> yeah. yeah when they're going to be I just know and I, I, I just a it starts with when they first book with my channel manager, I obviously have automation set up. And if they don't reply to that email, that's kind of like the first trigger. And then yeah. I'll then email them myself so that they know it's not obviously like it's me talking now and things. And it's when they refuse to sign my terms and conditions, that's when yeah. I ultimately know like this is going to be a problem guest. Mm. And it's, I'm never wrong. And they're always, it's always them. The ones that don't sign my terms and conditions, I know they're going to be a problem. Um, and I had one recently and it, the longer you get, you're in the industry at the start, you're like, Oh, it's all about reviews, blah, blah, blah. But I think it almost, you need that one bad review or two bad reviews. I think today, I think I've got one bad review and that was during COVID and that this was an absolute nightmare. Um, but again, those types of people, you could bend over backwards for them mm-hmm. from start to finish and you can't please them. They're going to write you yeah. a negative review, but that's again, yeah. one bit of advice that I always say to people in this game don't let that like don't let that stop you or bring you down because it ultimately shows. I think it shows more on the guests that they'll leave this review that obviously is open for anyone to review it. Um, it just it shows that you are a real business because if you're constantly getting five star, five star, five star, sometimes it makes you a little bit dubious. So yes. if you're getting four stars or but again that one review, that's not going to kill your business. People no. can mm. read reviews and things, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, that one, that guest, he did end up staying because he um, he just wasn't answering me and booking, I think it was booking.com. I always tend to find guests that I get through booking.com are these troublesome guests and things and they, they got involved and um, they, 
in, in the end, he basically, he, he signed my terms and conditions, basically, because it was on my booking.com um, profile that he had to be done. Um, and it made, made me laugh because uh, in the end, obviously, you, you do go that extra mile, in a sense, just to prove that you are who you are and that you're not going to treat them any different just because they've obviously annoyed you prior mm. to that. But it made me laugh because it was almost like he got his comeuppance because... Um, Literally the day he left, I got a text message about an hour later. He'd left his laptop under the bed. And um, yeah. obviously, yeah. And it, it just made me, I just thought, oh, that, that's just like what goes around comes around kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, generally, anything that happens like that, I'll get, I'll go and collect it or yep. we'll, um, we'll send it off to guests. But it was a laptop. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't send a laptop. And I just said that yeah. I don't feel comfortable um, dealing no, with this. It's, like, it's yeah. a high value item. If you yes. organise a courier to come and collect it, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then, and then when the cleaning team came in, the, the girlfriend had left a bag there as well. So they'd left two items in the property and things. And I was just like, it just, it was just, it just made me laugh really. Because I just thought you were mm. so like arsey. I don't know whether I'm allowed to say the word arsey at the start of things. And now you're mm. bending yep. over. Backwards. You can say what you like. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, this that is raw. Uh, so. <laughs> now you're trying to be nice to me because you want something from me because you you've left like two items at my property. Yeah. But again. Yeah. You almost kill him with kindness, and by the end of it, he was thanking me and, and things like that. But um, it's just something part and parcel you just learn to deal with, and you've just got at the start you're going to be really um, like emotive to it, but you've just got to pull yourself back if you do ever get a, a, a review, and leave it a day, think about things, calm down, and then if that is the case, then you just re- send a reply, and in the, mm. in the way that you word it, make it obvious to other guests that are potentially looking to book your um, properties, that you are a level-headed person. And it's funny because I know when I've looked at Airbnb, some people, the the way they reply to these reviews, I wouldn't stay there if you paid me. Like, you seem like an absolute (laughs) nutcase. So, um, yeah. It's actually quite hilarious to to read those kind of reviews, you know, when when you see like, oh my God, did did they actually say this? Yeah. Yeah. There was one I I read recently, and sorry, she... uh, she literally just went full blown into this rant on one of the um, OTAs that why did you why did you give me five stars? And I was just like, oh my god, you've just completely killed yeah. all of your potential business, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. business. Yes, yeah. So, well, I think yeah. I think it's I think that's something to kind of realize is that you know when you're doing the courses and you're around other people that are in the industry, professional hosts. And you're looking at the quality of their product and the way that they're, you know, everything's systemized and automized, automated. And, you know, and you, and you think, God, you know, these, these people are so far ahead of me and I don't know enough. And, but that's a very small percentage of the market, right? When you look mm-hmm. across the stock that's out there, a lot of it is really poor. Yeah. And it doesn't take much to really stand out with some, some bold colors or some nice throws and some pretty pillows. You know, you can really still pop on the OTAs pretty easily without spending a huge amount of money. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite, quite important to, to know. So, so something else I just wanted to touch on is I said at the beginning that you're a, you know, you're a full-time mum as well as a full-time business, uh, business uh, person. How has that, I'm not, I'm not a father um, who's got two young kids and I see just how crazy I, I said on one of the last weekend <laughs> we were trying to get like a couple of minutes together to do some stuff and he he's like oh, hold on a minute let me look at look at the calendar and he pulls up the calendar and it's just in every box was like 10 things swimming ballet play play <laughs> this <laughs> like, how do you even how do you get anything done so 
Um, so how's that journey been for you? I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your partner as well and, uh, you know, I don't know if he works or, or whatever, but how's it been like that balance? How have you managed to build a business, be a mum? you know, with, was it three kids? Three yeah, kids, three yeah. Kids, three yeah. kids, which yeah. is, which is a lot. How's that been? It must've been incredibly tough. Yeah. As I said, like I can look back now and just say that I, I used like that property as a distraction from grieving for my mum. That is hands, hands down, like seven mm. years later, I can admit that now, but at the time I was very just like driven and head down. I've got to do, I've got, I've got to do this. I've got to build for their future and things, but yeah, it's, it was like sink, sink or swim for me at that time. And I chose to swim. Yeah. And I just used my children as my why. Like everyone talks about their why and things like that. And yeah. it was ultimately from, for my children to build something for their future. Um, and I, 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 I honestly don't really know how I do it. I just do it. And as a mum, like, obviously being female, you probably won't understand this, but you, you have to multitask. It's just part and parcel yeah. of, of being, a, being a parent. And then... Um, yeah. Katie, yeah. sorry, you, so I think you just said something super important because, um, you know, you first of all, like you said, it's sink, it's either sink or swim. Yeah. And for a lot of people, sometimes when they have a choice, you know, when they, when the back's not against the wall, they said, yeah. "Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. That's okay." Yeah. But like, say for example, I was exactly the same. In, I was in the same positions. It's either sink or swim. Plus, with the family and young kids, you have to make it happen. There's yeah. no choice. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Either ways, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and as, as well, again, I kind of use it because obviously being stuck at home with young children, there's only like, I think like 18 or 19 month gap between my youngest, my, my eldest. So right. at the time I was like two under two. Um, and I used it as a distraction as well to keep me mentally sane. Because mm. um, it, it is really hard having like toddlers to deal with and things. But that was that was like, I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, anything like that. And some people use that as a release and things. But I just kind of just went full blown into into the business and that was what really kept me kept me sane and, and even to this day still I uh again although I'm, I'm kind of back there again now back into the toddler stage and um it does it, it does keep me um from not being I don't know it's like again it's you're, you're at home and you don't really have many people to talk to property about and that's one thing I always found I, when I first when the kids started to at the school age I, I felt found myself I didn't really relate to anyone because I wasn't a I wasn't just a stay-at-home mum and I wasn't a working mum so I didn't physically mm -hmm. go out to work and I didn't just get to do whatever mums do that just look after the kids all day I was I wasn't really I didn't really fit the box and mm -hmm. so um that was one side of things that I did did find really hard because no one could kind of relate to me. And as you said, what you've said before, when people find out that you're in property, they think, oh, she's this, she's loaded, she's got all these houses, she's got this, she's got that. Mm. But you're not. Like, if, if anything, yeah, the struggle I sometimes think is, is, is even harder because you're not just struggling to keep one house afloat, you're, you're trying to keep X amount of houses afloat and obviously with business and things. But, um, yeah, I don't know whether I've kind of just got, gone off on a tangent mm. then. But no, no. It, yep. it is... That's kind of, yeah, just, I've just used basically the property just to, yeah, stop me being um, like a release from children, if you know what I mean. Katie, I but know. how did you keep your head cool when you didn't have like proper sleep? Because, you know, as you know, like toddlers and, and, and babies, you know, you get woken up all the time, like two yeah. times, three times at night. And, and yeah. that lack of sleep really, mm. really, it's, it really is a massive killer. Like, you know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you do, 
you do even even still now we have days like that with like sleep regression and things like that yeah. and it, it, it is you almost forget about it but then once you drag back into it you do have times like that and I think now I've learned now that I know that I need to take a rest to reset my mind and things but um yeah just for anyone really that's in that situation little and often really I think at the start I was like I must do this I must do this and putting Mm. all this pressure on myself and ultimately it's only you that's putting that pressure on yourself it's no one else putting the pressure on 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 you kind of thing but I just think consistency every day like learning every learning something new every day or just reading and for me like I'm not a reader I never have been I'm a creative person I'm a visual person I've always struggled with the reading aspect of it and again recently I've just picked up a book that I've had probably had for about three years. I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to read it. And it's just like consistency every day, a little bit each day. And again, that just, yeah, just that's what I needed really just to keep me going and things. And yeah. Katie, is your other half in the um, SA business as well? Or you are by yourself? I am literally all by myself again. And that's one thing Mm. I see lots of other people with their pet, with their, either their family, like parents or siblings, um, or their partners, but my partner's never been interested in it. I've really tried over the years to get him into it, but he's not. I remember when I first, very first did one course, he came with me up London and it was very much one of those sales pitch um, uh, courses. And he was Take your credit there. card out and run to yeah, the back that, of the that's room. Exactly, honestly, we were, sitting at, we were sitting at the back and that's, he was literally, that's what, what he was doing. He was mimicking blah, blah, blah. And I think at the time, the next day was the last day we was there and he didn't end up coming. So I think Tottenham were playing that day. So he's like, no, I'm not missing it, blah, blah, blah. And then and he, he never prioritised. Yeah, he did. He prioritised football. He never he never came. And he never then stopped me from spending my money. <laughs> and obviously, ultimately, I, I signed up for the course. But um, again, I don't regret any of the money that I spent because I wouldn't be where I was, where I am now. So, you, you yeah, it's, it's sw- it swings and roundabouts. Some people are totally against courses. Other people aren't. Whereas... Yeah, it's what you make of them. I think I think with this particular business and kind of what we keep banging on about is I think one of the best things about it is that there is a big misconception that you need loads of money to get into property, you know, and, and people look at people who are in property and they think, oh, you know, they must have had a silver spoon or they, you know, they've got loads of money or whatever. And, you know, we're always banging the drum about, you know, this specific business, you know, as in the rent to SA model, the rent to, you know, service accommodation model you know, you can start with just a few thousand. You can't start with nothing, which is what yeah. some training companies might tell you, you know, or you can start, you know, 500 pounds, you can get some contracts done. Yeah. You know, that's just scratching the surface, right? Then you've got your furnishings, you've got your marketing, you, you're probably almost going to have a bit of a refurb. Um, nothing's very, very rarely is anything really turnkey. And if it is, it's normally snapped up before you get a sniff of it. So, but, um, you don't need that much and it's the only strategy really um obviously there's lease options and edcs and this kind of stuff but you know if you want to get cash flow coming in and you want to get out your day job or if you want to just significantly boost your income as a bit of a side hustle an educated side hustle you need to know what you're doing um but but would you agree that it's uh you know it's a reasonably easy strategy to start implementing reasonably quickly with a reasonably small amount of money uh, and you can get into it you know reasonably quickly and yeah no you, I, 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 I do agree it is probably one of the easier strategies um like from a financial aspect um yeah because obviously like when you're flipping it's obviously 
buy. It's a bit, a bit more of a slow burn, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot more a to long it. time. Yeah, you've got to raise the finance. You've got to have the credit. Of yeah, yeah. So in, that, I think in it, that respect, it is. Yeah. But I think at the same time as well, it's uh, it can be sold as a, you know, oh, just go out rent a property, you know, give it to a give it to a management company and sit back and you know, get paid. And, and, um, you know, I think we probably, I don't know about you, Katie, if you've ever been down the management route, but I know, um, I tried it in the beginning and it was, a, you know, it was a nightmare because the management company, maybe I just, you know, got unlucky, but I realized pretty early on, um, maybe I, you know, just likes being controlled, but I felt like I, and we were chatting about this the other day on one of the videos. I can't believe that there's any management company out there, you know, who manages fantastically, but still no management company is ever really going to push your property as much as you are going to push it yourself, course, you know, yeah. um, and be all over it and be going around and doing spot checks and, and, and really putting in the, the extra mile with it, with the guests. I just, I just don't know if that ever exists. So, um, yeah. I do think, um, you know, you do need to put that work and at least in the beginning, you need to learn like any businesses, you need to learn the business. Before you could potentially start passing it on to management yeah. companies, so, yeah. so at, least, at least you, at least you can ask the right questions. I would say, yeah, yeah, them, yeah, so. yeah. It's like literally yeah. like you need to know it inside out, and um, yeah, as I said, like I manage my own properties, and me being me, I think it's just the type of person I am. I don't think I would ever feel comfortable in handing my properties over to someone because yeah, I just I just feel like from my point of view, as I said, I'm coastal and things and. It's leisure guests. I feel like I want them to have like the personal experience. experience. If I was in the yeah. city, maybe I would maybe do something like that because obviously you're dealing mm. with different type of clientele and things. But um, yeah, or oh, I suppose the more you scale up and things, and mm. you would obviously maybe go down that route. But just just the way I am, I like to be very hands on. Mm. So yeah. So Katie, how involved are you with the the business and the and the operations? I mean, are you? Um, are you like engaged like full time on on like a daily basis with the team with with everything or can you sit back a little bit more with um yeah so um obviously the team i've got built up around me i've been working with them now for how many years like four four yeah four nearly five years so we pretty much know the system now so i can kind of take a step back um yep. but yeah ultimately i am the first point of call and it is really yep me doing everything from my side obviously I'm not I'm not physically there doing the hands-on things mm. but um yeah I've just built up trust with the people that we work that I work with and yeah they do their side I do mine and it's yeah a communication um yeah it's a team effort but with good communication yep. so so when you talk about the team I mean who are these people uh, are they just um um like so basically different... like obviously with service accommodation you're only as good as your cleaning company so that is yeah. like one of the main things. So when we first started, yeah, I interviewed about two or three, maybe four different cleaning companies. I called around. First point of call for me was speaking to people on the phone. And one company, I asked a question and I wasn't really, for me, I, I didn't really know about laundry or linen and things like mm. that. And I asked a question and the, the man just laughed at me. And then, but not in a good way. It, it was like, as if to say, I can't believe you just asked that question. But for me, that was like, again, I wouldn't have worked with him moving forward because I think that's not how you treat potential no. um, yep. clients and things. And um, yep. yeah, so um, I have kind of lost my train of thought now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah that's... So what's next for you, Katie? Where Do you have a, 
you know, they talk about, you know, the, 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 the coaches and the, and the gurus, they say, you know, you've got to have this, you've got to have this um, process or you've got to, you know, know where you're going. Uh, yeah. Cut out there. Alex, what was the question? Yeah, it seems to be a bit of bit of background noise all of a sudden. Um, do you know Do you know where you're going? Do you know what, you know when do you want to get there by? Do you have a plan? Do you have a you know this this big kind of uh, plan that you're working towards, or is it just kind of day to day, just kind of chipping away and just doing the best you can, or or is there a specific vision that you follow? Um, if you'd have asked me that a couple of years ago, before I had the baby, oh uh, my my aim was just build, 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 keep building. Because ultimately, um, I'll, like my again, my why is obviously my children. But another factor for me is is my husband. Um, he worked really long hours, often abroad, so I'm on my own pretty much like ninety percent of the time in that respect. Um, wow. And, and again, that's probably why I focus so much on work. Because obviously, in the evenings and things, the kids are in bed, and I. I'm not just going to sit there and watch telly. I would rather work and things and I get enjoyment from work. So um, I don't really see it as yeah, working, if yeah. you know what I mean, because I enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah, two or three years ago, I'd be like, keep building, 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 because I want to build this empire, basically, um, so that my husband has the choice whether he wants to work or, or not. Um, so that was what it was. But obviously, the last, since having a baby, obviously my priorities and things have changed and that and um, I'm not kind of so driven in a sense because again I, I was speaking to you uh, Alex yesterday I'm sure I said this to you I've said it to someone recently I'm like I can always make money there's always time to make money but there's never time to get them first few to yeah be the baby yep. and mm-hmm. he's 19 months yep. now and I, I look back now and even yep. still that is a bit of a blur for some of it because I was too busy I was buying properties obviously started in rent to SA but the last like year or so I've bought and renovated two properties and I was like pregnant with one of them and as soon as the baby was born again I'm I'm renovating it so it's been non-stop for the past couple of years and then I kind of at that point now I do feel a little bit burnt out and I think um like my new year's resolutions I'm going to reevaluate where I'm going and things because um yeah you can have all this money but it's time time is more to me is more precious at the moment but ultimately i will i will keep keep building and things but i think i might change in a different direction i quite like the idea at the moment of Mm -hmm. going back to flips maybe next year and then potentially looking at into hmos again just for another income stream just something a little bit different to um service accommodation so yeah it's always good to to, uh diversify as they say have you have your eggs in all different yeah. baskets? <laughs> so would they if you if you go down the HMO route, will that be where would that be? Would that kind of be a little bit closer yeah. to where you are? Or yeah, would you, I have I have yeah. I have thought about it, but I don't want to I don't want as what you're saying all your eggs in one basket. I don't want to focus on one area. So obviously, where we live, where I live, should I say, you've got good links into London, and um, mm. yeah, you've got a, a different market. So and. It's more mm. aimed at obviously at the HMO market, so I would want it to do something that is closer that I can keep an eye on more myself and obviously regularly inspect it myself. Obviously, I do do that with the um, service accommodation, but it's 
few and far between because of the distance. And we yesterday, I think it was yeah, it was yesterday. We started to my husband was with me, and we started to drive down the A12, and then there was a crash, and the A12 was shut in both directions, and so we just had to turn round. And it's like things like that that you forget about. Whereas if I was only in, in, in yeah. investing like five miles away or something, it, it wouldn't matter. But I think for me, I want to try a new area. And again, I could set up service accommodation in those areas as well because I want to have the different types. I don't just want the leisure market. I want to try um, a different market. I think it's a really good mix is to have maybe, you know, SA or rent to SA if you want for your cash yeah. flow and then to reinvest that cash flow into into HMOs, yeah. you know, and re- trying to refinance your money out or as much as you can because – they're always going to be yeah. needed, right? The, the housing situation yeah. in this country is not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any better. Yeah. It's not going to get any yeah. cheaper. Yeah. And, but but uh, wouldn't but wouldn't you find you know let's say for example you've you know bought a property, renovated it, and then refinanced it out as an as in uh, commercial HMOs, but then the damage that comes afterwards from the tenants, that can technically just wipe out everything, you know. And if you got like bad tenants, they're not paying yeah. the rent. And now you can't evict them with uh, Section Twenty One. Mm-hmm. You know, I think life's going to be a lot harder with uh, with that et- yeah. roots. And don't, don't well, as I said, like it's something I'm to- in my mindset. I'm toying toying with it. Whether or not I go through with it is another is another matter. I don't I don't know whether I will. But mm. I just want to educate myself more. Um, and uh, yeah, basically go from there. So because obviously, like yeah. With, service accommodation like guests are hard like at the start I was it's, very yeah, much like oh no I don't want to get into HMOs blah 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 um but sometimes I think the guests the guests can be sometimes worse than the than tenants so um yeah mm. I just yeah 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 I think the only thing that we the reason why we we're in it is um if there are any issues that happened at least we call the police yeah. and we get them get out. out 100%. Um, HMOs, buy to let, no yeah. chance. Yeah. So It's funny because I've had quite a few yeah, people a recently um, emailing me or calling me and effectively what they're looking for is uh, HMOs and uh, things like that. And obviously, like, yeah. I just, I just, I just won't, en- won't entertain it because it's for yeah. me, it's not, mm. I wouldn't risk my properties not the ones, my own ones that I own because I think I've done, I've, yeah, I've invested yeah. too much time and money in them for them to put like long-term tenants. I even had a, a, an estate agent email me through Airbnb asking me about um, potentially turning them into um, uh, like basically um, accommodation like um, to rent out on a full-time basis and I was just, no, I didn't even entertain it. So, yeah. So Katie, so with, with your service accommodation business right now, do you get a lot of free time? I mean, do you have, are you having a little lifestyle that you, that you're looking for? Uh, um, I would say, yes, obviously, again, in asking out in the summer, I would tell you something different. It, it, some, it's yeah. hard <laughs> from May till end of September. It's full on all day, every day. Um, yeah. But obviously from now in the winter months, it's I do get I do, it, it's calm down, down a bit more yep. yeah that's with both my businesses obviously it's this is our downtime now so um yeah I do get I do get free time but again in the summer nice. I yep. prioritize making time for the children and it is very hard when yep. you're juggling trying to you're on the phone to guests or emailing guests with the kids and things but they know it's mummy's business and um ultimately yep. I'm doing yep. it for them so amazing 
So, Katie, as we uh, as we approach the golden hour here, um, I like to ask all of our guests a closing question, um, which I think is quite important. Um, it can be a little um, a little private if you're okay mm-hmm. with that. Um, but I think just with, um, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues around these days, a lot of people that don't kind of talk about things and walk around potentially not in a great space um, and don't really, especially with social media, you know, everyone's just smashing mm-hmm. it. Everyone's living the dream and, you know, flying high. And we always talk about that. You know, we know it's all bullshit for the most part. But, <laughs> but, but um, Katie, would you say that you are today, are you, are you happy? Are you, are you happy inside? Do you, do you wake up feeling good and are you, are you mostly positive and, and happy with where you are in life? If you'd have asked me that a few months ago, I would have said yes. Because um, I've kind of reached one of my goals um, that I'd set myself a goal since starting up the business and I, I achieved that this year. So um, I achieved my goals and yeah, but in the last few months, I would say probably no, but that's again, it's circumstances and I have to keep telling myself it's circumstances beyond my control and um I've had worrying worrying few weeks and yeah so honestly at the moment probably probably I'm not at my best I know know I'm not at my best but I'll be I'll be honest and 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 say that because times are hard with business and things and um yeah so uh there's you have your ups and your downs and you've just got to um, appreciate appreciate your honesty because it's so everybody just looks at other yeah. people, right, and thinks, well, it's okay for them, you know, and they're in business or they're making money or they're happy, mm. and you yeah. know, but it's not like everybody's got worries. Everyone's yep. got challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I guess a lot of people who are not in business, who are not being part of the business, they would not understand mm. you. Like nobody would understand you, the pain and everything that you're going yeah. through. Um, it's only the people who are inside the business and, and pretty much ride the same wave um, would would know what it means. Like say for myself, there are many, many nights where I could not sleep because of the cash flow issues, because of the business issues, because of a load of things, you know. And sometimes, you know, yes, I talk to Alex, I talk to, to, to other people, um, but there are things sometimes it's just hidden deep inside where I think Alex and I were talking at one point, you know, if, if I were to like open that can, if somebody were to tap into it, I would just melt down straight away. That's quite, um, I think, and, I think, uh, I think everyone would mate. I think yeah. everyone would, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've done like some, some work with like plant medicine and stuff like that, you know, and, and everyone on that retreat, the second that you like poke the, yeah. you know, like you on talk talk you know it's like yeah. we're just yep. you know as soon as you open that can you're yep. right everyone's but, but i think like alex everyone's you right. know like like you mentioned it's so important to talk yep. about it um because once it's out you feel a lot better and and you know even though it's just like for me it it's slowly leak seeping out sometimes um and even that it helps me yeah. already it's good so, that you're actually that you're um, actually talking about it and that's one thing in the industry people never talk all they ever see is the shiny shiny side of it and especially with service accommodation I find like now there's so many people doing it there's so many people trying to sell the courses and things and portraying it as, as the next best thing and they're earning so much money but no one yep. talks about the downsides of, of service accommodation and things yep. and up until now it's been kind of pretty yep. like smooth sailing for me but 
in this past six months, different story. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide that. And mm. if someone asks me, I will tell them because I am a very open and honest person. Yep. And it, it it has been hard. Yep. And um, I'm going through things that I've never had to experience before. And I've never had sleepless nights, but up until like about a month ago, these yep. sleepless nights, uh, and that's where it has affected me mentally. And, it, and then it affects my children. And that's yep. what's kind of, I made the decision the other night, basically to hand back one of my, uh, well, my, yep. my uh, rent to SA, my first property the that units. I started with. Yep. And I just, and as soon as I made that decision, I felt like a weight had been lifted off me. But um, in the end, like, I'd always said from day dot, this is just a stepping stone for me. And it was it was yes. uh, ironic because yep. I'd said to the owner, oh, how ironic. I was trying to buy the building from you last year. And then we started with some negotiations and it all just kind of just went went south. I never heard from her again. And that mm. was that. And, but I just think to myself, everything happens for a reason. And thank God I didn't try and buy that building yep. because the building's got issues and things like that. But obviously mm. it was a stepping stone for me to then go on and then um, – buy my own properties and then for me personally I don't think I would ever go back to um like renting somebody else's property again I'm too much Mm. I I like having control of my own property but it was a very good stepping stone for me and in a way I'm I'm glad really that and that part of it has has stopped and I can just continue now with my own journey with my own properties and not be led by someone else and rents increasing and things like that so um yeah I mean, this is the thing, you know, where um, Alex and I, we, we decided to start this podcast, this program is because we wanted to be real about what, you know, the potentials um, or the good, the bad, the uglies of the service accommodations or Airbnbs, um, whether it's going to be for rental or it's going to be, you know, buy, purchase, whatever that, that might be. But we want to share with the whole world that, yes, there are good good times and there are bad times that we need to be strong in the bad times and what to do with it. Um, you know, so, 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 so Pooh's whole theory, and I completely agree. And I know Katie, you're going to agree as well. We've all done training, right? We've all been to the, 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 the schools and we've done the courses, whether it's online or in person. And, you know, they pull up the case studies, you know, 50,000 pound booking and da, 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 you know, eight units in a month or whatever it is, got out of their job in 30 days. But a couple of flaws in it is, a, they, they never tell you the hard times or the troubles or the sleepless nights like they were just saying. But more importantly than that, they don't teach you how to run no, a business. Not at all. Mm. Right? They yep. teach you how to source yep. it, how to speak to agents, how to the contract to use, how to then furnish it and market it, stage it, make it look good, get photos done, get it on Airbnb, channel managers. And that's where it ends. And off you yeah. go. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like six months later, everyone's gone bust because no one knows, yeah. that, you know, what VAT is. Yeah. And it's, you know, so that's what we're trying to create. You know, Pooh's, you know, got the business wrapped up inside out. And I, and I think together we're trying to teach something that's a bit more genuine, a lot more rounded and more in depth and more kind of comprehensive than just the fluff that yep. you get sold in the. Because um, I think a lot of time, as Alex said, it's half of the book that you're given. You're given like the first half. You never told the second yeah. half. Yeah, and, and and that's why I think yeah. goes wrong. And yeah, so, if if, yeah. if you if you're doing that, then I think obviously you've got the got the market basically, and um, that's basically I think what these trainers should be doing. But I think obviously they're only they only, only want to show you the, the good side and the, the in effect the easy side because the hard part is running the business side of things. So yeah, um, hmm. yeah. The 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 the, the 
the kind of other edge to the sword though is that it's easier to sell the butterflies and the unicorns and the yeah. fluffy you know stuff than it is to say okay guys it can be great but you got to accept this this and that as well and the hard night the hard times and the sleepless nights it's uh it's harder to sell that even though that's what people need to know so it's uh that's the challenge but but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're determined to get there. So listen, Katie, Tyler, it's been uh, amazing. I feel like we could just sit here and talk for another hour. Yep. Um, but it's been so amazing hearing your stories and how you've kind of juggled business with family and, 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 and kind of being honest about where you are right now. And, and, you know, it goes without saying, even though we've only known each other 24 hours, yep. always here uh, to, to lend an ear if you need oh, to chat. Yep. About if you so, ever need to chat, I don't know anything do give oh, us a call, thank you. you know, which is a call oh, away. So yep. likewise, um, it's always good to, you know, to, to speak, I don't know, just to offload Definitely. a little bit. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate so, it. Absolutely. So that's it for another episode from us on the Airbnb nomads podcast. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll see you next week with another interesting guest to talk all things Airbnb service accommodation. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.